It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hello again, friends, and welcome into Gamecock Central Radio. Emerson Phillips joined by Chase Parham from rebelgrove.com, our Rivals Network partner. Chase will bring us the Ole Miss perspective today ahead of Saturday's noon kickoff at Ole Miss Gamecocks and Rebels SEC action this Saturday. Chase, how you doing? I'm doing great, guys. Really appreciate it. We appreciate you taking time to join us today. Rebelgrove.com is the website. You can read up on Ole Miss there. And Chase, Ole Miss coming in 5-3, and 1-3 and three in the SEC and a bye week last Saturday, Ole Miss has healed up a little bit. And I was reading today that uh, looks like defensive back C.J. Miller will return, and that's going to free up uh, one of your safeties who had moved to corner to move back to his original position. The bye week always helps injury-wise. Yeah, you know, no doubt. They had to have that week because it's a thin, it's a thin team. When you look at Ole Miss, they're, they're still on probation. They've been dealing with scholarship restrictions for multiple seasons. And while the, multiple, the, the scholarship restrictions weren't crippling they removed all margin for error. So Ole Miss in this season, they lost Jalen Jones in the opener. He was the best defensive back on the team. They lost C.J. Moore, a senior safety, later in the year as well. They lost Montreal Custis, who was maybe their best, I guess, star, their linebacker safety hybrid position. So they are they are banged up. They've had a, 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 a wealth of injuries hit them throughout the year. They've had to move two running backs into the defensive secondary, one a true freshman, one a player who had been there previously and just not gotten any play in time. So it's been Knicks or match for an Ole Miss defense that, frankly, hasn't been very good the last two seasons. They're giving up around 500 yards per game, and they just have a wealth of either talent issues or because of the inexperience and then the lack of depth, having to put people in situations that they can't necessarily excel in. So it's been a big mix and match. It's been a uh, it's been a laborious situation for Ole Miss from a defensive standpoint, and it puts a lot of pressure on the offense because they just got to keep scoring. Anytime they don't score, it seems like they don't hold serve as a uh, as a team. Ole Miss with wins over Texas Tech, Southern Illinois, Kent, Louisiana Monroe, and at Arkansas losses to Bama, LSU, and two weeks ago, thirty one sixteen against Auburn. Chase, talk about uh, Ole Miss with Matt Luke, you know, a former offensive line coach who Will Muchamp talked about him this week in the midweek press conference, and he talked about Little, Patterson, and Rawlings, the center, left guard, left tackle for Ole Miss, the strength of that old line and Muschamp said they're as good as anybody South Carolina's faced this year. Yeah, the offensive line is extremely good, especially in pass protection. Uh, Pro football focus had Ole Miss is the number one pass-blocking team in the nation as of a couple weeks ago. Run-blocking, not quite as strong, but they do a pretty good job uh, for Scotty Phillips, the JUCO transfer running back that's on pace for well over 1,000 yards this season. But it's all about pass-blocking. It's all about protecting Jordan Tamu and giving him time to get to uh, those receivers with A.J. Brown and Demarcus Lodge. They they are missing D.K. Metcalf, another potential first-round pick in the NFL draft for the rest of the season. He uh, suffered a neck injury against Arkansas, so he's out. So really, it's a lot of onus on on Tamu to get the ball out, and then it's a lot of onus on that offensive line to uh, just get some type of run game going. Because while Ole Miss runs a lot of air raid under Phil Longo, the offensive coordinator that came from Sam Houston State a couple years ago, it's still pretty balanced. They're still very predicated off running the football, and they've got to do that to be successful because otherwise – 
Teams can kind of lay back. They can bracket A.J. Brown. They can they can cover up DeMarcus Lodge for a safety, and that's what's caused Ole Miss to not be very good against the better defenses they played. They've destroyed good defenses, but when they run into the more elite defenses, some of the more active defensive fronts, they have uh, they've struggled as evidenced by their point totals against Alabama, LSU, and Auburn so far this season. Muschamp described Ole Miss as an explosive offensive football team, but on the other side of the football chase defensively, Ole Miss it has is train wreck an accurate description. Forty five points a game allowed in conference play. Uh, they were trailing Southern Illinois at the half. Uh, they gave up thirty eight to them um, at one point. Yeah, it, it is. Uh, it, it is. It's a mess. I'll, I'll be honest. They they got a little more active on the defensive front. That that part of the team has improved, but with the secondary injuries and just the linebacker issues, Ole Miss has not been very good at linebacker. The last couple seasons, they lost their two best linebackers from last year and are relying on guys that had never really played much or, or hadn't been very competent to fill in those roles. So it's still, a, it's still a mess back there. For Ole Miss, it's just about forcing some field goals. It's being pretty good in the red zone. You know, it's, one, it's kind of funny. Ole Miss is actually a top 25 defense when it comes to red zone production. The problem is that every drive gets to the red zone. So they're giving up points in bunches just because they don't stop anybody prior to them getting into that 30 or 20, you know, 20 yard line scoring range. So they're going to keep mixing and matching. They keep simplifying for Ole Miss defensively. It's about finding a scheme where the guys don't have to think so much. They can just let them react and that's going to leave some holes. But at the end of the day, it's all about turnovers and just finding a way to force some field goals because this defense is not going to improve at this point of the season. You just got to manage it the best way you can and hope you outscore some opponents. Gamecocks and Rebels coming up Saturday at noon Eastern. That's 11 a.m. local time. It'll be on the SEC Network. Talking with Chase Parham from rebelgrove.com here on Gamecock Central Radio. Chase, Ole Miss 2-8 and eight at home in the last 10 SEC home games. And you know, my first thought was Ole Miss is playing Bama. They're playing LSU. They're playing Auburn and Texas A&M. You know, it's that SEC West schedule. But how much of that is tough schedule and how much of that is Ole Miss just not playing well at home? It's just not playing very well at home. And it's the way the whole schedule is kind of set up in general. You know, you look at it, they've won some road games. And it's not like it's easier to win on the road than it is at home. They beat Mississippi State in the uh, the season finale last year. They beat Kentucky on the road last year. They won in, in Little Rock against Arkansas a couple weeks ago. And then they won in Houston against Texas Tech. I think the more interesting thing for Ole Miss's standpoint, and now look, they got the wins. You have to give them credit for that. They're 5-3 and three during a probation year, which isn't too bad. They've got a good chance at getting to at least six wins this season with the schedule remaining. However, their last three Power 5 wins, the starting quarterbacks for the opposing team have all got hurt in those games. You go back to last year, Nick, Nick Fitzgerald gets hurt in the finale with Mississippi State. Uh, Carter McCla- or McLean Carter gets hurt for Texas Tech in the opener. And then uh, Ty Story got hurt in the Arkansas game against Ole Miss as well. So they've really benefited from backup quarterbacks, some good fortune, at least on their end, from, a, uh, from an injury standpoint. And that's really helped them kind of win the games they have won. When you look at it as a whole, they just haven't played very well against Power 5 teams in general, whether it be home or on the road. All right, this game is a pick em coming up noon Saturday on the SEC Network. Gamecocks and Rebels, South Carolina 4-3. and three. Gamecocks 3-3 three and three in conference. Ole Miss again 5-3 and three overall, 1-3 in the league. Ole Miss did not play last Saturday. Two weeks ago, they lost 31-16 to Auburn. Auburn scored three touchdowns on consecutive drives to open the third quarter. Tell us a little bit about that game, Chase. Yeah, it was all about the red zone for both teams in that game. Auburn did explode there in the third quarter they maximized their chances in the red zone both teams were four and four when you just look at scoring in the red zone however for Auburn that was a lot of touchdowns and for Ole Miss it it definitely wasn't they had to kick three field goals 
Their only touchdown in the red zone was late. It was an A.J. Brown score once the game had already been decided. Ole Miss probably should have had to lead at the half. They had missed a field goal. They had, they had they screwed up some chances and, and kind of held Auburn in check offensively. But then Jared Stidham did find a way a little bit in the second half. And, and Auburn ran away from Ole Miss simply because its defensive uh, front seven was good enough to confuse Jordan Tamu, get after him a little bit, and Ole Miss just couldn't keep up by kicking field goals. So, you know, I, that, that game played out pretty much the way a lot of people thought that it might. Uh, Auburn was the, uh, the more athletic team, the deeper team. And once Ole Miss squandered those early chances, uh, the Tigers took control and, and, and kind of did what most people expected. Talking with Chase Parham from rebelgrove.com here getting the Ole Miss perspective today on Gamecock Central Radio. And we'd like to encourage our listeners to take part in the Gamecock Central Game Day podcast. You can call the GC hotline. That number is 803-497-9058. It's 803-497-9058. You call in, you leave a voicemail. We'll play that recording of your voice on Saturday's Game Day podcast here on Gamecock Central. Take advantage of the GC hotline and get involved with Gamecock Central's Game Day podcast. Chase, how is life in the SEC West? Uh, it's not very good for a team that uh, <laughs> is down 10 scholarships with a two-year bowl ban. You know, it, uh, that's that's not necessarily the best situation. But, you know, in all honesty, Ole Miss, they weren't crippled by the scholarship numbers. They're going to be pretty much around 80, 83 scholarships next season. The bowl ban, even if the appeal doesn't work, they're back into a bowl eligibility next year. They kind of survived it. And for Matt Lucan, for this program, this has been all about just normalcy. It's getting rid of every day talking about NCAA investigations or Hugh Freeze and his scandal or anything like that. This has been a very welcome year for just normalcy and back to football, which Ole Miss hasn't had in a while. That NCAA investigation had been going on since the early part of 2013. So it was five seasons pretty much of uh, off-field speculation and just kind of chaos around that program. Now, Matt Luke's going to have to make some coaching changes at the end of the season. He's kept several of Hugh Freeze's assistants. I think he's going to try to put his mark on the program with some coaching hires in addition to the ones he's already made. So there's going to be some more normal chaos for Ole Miss. But just just getting past all the other stuff, getting past the Hugh Freeze era, no matter what this thing has has, has looked like for Ole Miss this season, it's a welcome sight compared to what they were dealing with. You've really led right into my next question, which is about the NCAA sanctions. Take us through that, what that's been like for fans and for the program to have to deal with this. You mentioned two-year bowl ban, scholarship reductions, and you said that you know, Ole Miss has survived thanks to Matt Luke and that staff. And But I'm just wondering what that's like for the fans and for the program having to deal with that. Yeah, you know, it's a, it, it, for the fan base, it's a mix of anger and apathy. They'll have weeks where something comes out and everybody's very, very frustrated. And then you have a lot of fans that kind of go, hey, I'm going to check out from this. I'm going to spend my – know discretionary income somewhere else so it's all over it's been it's been a troubling thing it's been a very difficult thing especially as you mentioned in the sec west where there's certainly no day off or week off and you can become sixth or seventh in that division you know very very easily so you know it's it's been a deal where Ole Miss has just had to kind of develop some thick skin and deal with things as they come because they were two different notice of allegations it wasn't even like Ole Miss got hit with all of it at one time they went a year, got what they thought were going to be, you know, the, the predicted penalties, and then draft night happens with all the Laramie Tunzel stuff when yep. his Instagram and his, his direct messages were hacked and all that stuff, and then they kind of add on to it. So they get another year thrown on there. At one point, Hugh Freeze basically calls Lindsay Mil- uh, Laramie Tunzel's uh, stepfather, Lindsay Miller, a wife beater. You've got that to deal with. I mean, it was it was one thing after another. 
not even counting the Hugh Freeze, you know, text message and phone scandal with uh, massage parlors and escorts. So, I mean, for Ole Miss, anything you could imagine happened there over an 18, 24-month period. And, you know, it, it's amazing as a, as a writer, a, a, a journalist, whatever you want to call me, the things that you think you won't have to talk about that you don't have to talk about. It's, it's been surreal even for us just trying to cover from a day-to-day standpoint because Ole Miss signs a, you know, a top five recruiting class in 2013 and it hasn't slowed down since for in, in positive and negative ways. Gamecock fans obviously familiar with what's going on at Ole Miss but have witnessed it from a distance so I was interested to get your perspective today and we do appreciate it Chase. Thanks very much. Absolutely. Thank you. That's Chase Parham. RebelGrove.com is the website our Rivals Network partner. You can check out all things Ole Miss there. And we thank Chase for taking time to join us today on the Gamecock Central Podcast. I'm Emerson Phillips. Thanks for joining us. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.